IRA owners benefiting from the increase in RMD age may want to consider using the extra years available to you know, make donations to charities through a QCD. Yep. We talked about that. Plan participants 60 and older have an additional catch-up opportunity from 60, 61, 62, and 63. Those four years, mm-hmm. they have an additional catch-up opportunity. could be significant. Yep. So, And that starts next year. Welcome to the Palace Perspective, brought to you by Palace Capital Advisors, a wealth management firm specializing in custom estate, financial, and tax solutions that others often miss. Welcome to the Palace Perspective, the podcast that brings you conversations and professional analysis on the topics and trends affecting your everyday financial life. I'm your host, James Landry. I'm so glad you chose to join us once again today. We're going to talk about Secure 2.0 today, and joining me once again to help is Shannon Smith, CFP, who is the Director of Financial Planning for the Colon team within the Palace Capital Advisors Group. Shannon, welcome back to the Palace Perspective. Thanks for having me here, James. Shannon, I want to congratulate you on being named in the Forbes Best in State Women Advisors for 2023. It's just really such a fantastic recognition of the great work you do for your clients. Oh, thank you, James. I honestly couldn't have done it without such an amazing team and wonderful clients. So I'm really honored to bring this accolade back to them. Also incredibly proud to be on the list um, with other amazing women to pave the way for the next generation of women to enter financial services. Absolutely. We're, we're actually very proud that you're part of our team as well. So again, welcome back, Shannon. You're going to help us quite a bit today because in late 2022, as you know, Shannon, Congress passed a spending bill that included what we call today affectionately Secure 2.0. And that legislation builds on the original Secure Act, which was, uh, if I recall, passed in late 2019, December Mm -hmm. of 2019. We should say, remind people what Secure stands for. It's setting up every community for retirement enhancement. All right. So with that in mind, I think there have been some enhancements to this bill. It was really a bipartisan bill had support from both sides of the aisle. And where I think many folks, many advisors would have thought of Secure 1.0 back in 2019 Mm -hmm. as as being some takeaways, most notably no longer stretch IRA possibilities, right? You got the 10-year rule as as much as we understand that. Really, Secure 2.0 is is different. It actually seems to be providing a lot of benefits Mm and received us again, as I said, support from both sides of the aisle. Yeah, it's pretty much positive all around, really no takeaways. And to your point, the fact that it was so bipartisan, so such divided. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's good news, I would say. And I will also uh, hasten to add that um, we have to give some caveats because as we learned with Secure 1.0, even though we can read just like anybody else can read, Actually, we're still trying to figure out what some of the rules in re- regarding IRA distributions actually will be. So we've needed treasury, uh, treasury guidance, mm-hmm. IRS guidance to help us understand that. And I would imagine there will be several provisions of Secure 2.0 where that will be the case as well. That is definitely, there's definitely some question marks on some of these for sure. So I would say that in terms of major themes, and well, by the way, I want to give a shout out to, if you recall, last year we had a friend, C- uh, Chris Hennessy, mm-hmm. CPA, an attorney, right. uh, came in actually in this very room and was a guest of ours. And um, uh, he uh, is a consultant to the financial planning um, industry. And a lot of the information that we're going to talk about today, uh, he was helpful in, in providing. So I want to give a shout out to Chris and the Putnam team that he uh, works with. <clears throat> but let's talk about some of the you know big major themes. I would put them as expanded access to retirement plans. Mm-hmm. Uh, secondly, encouraging participation in retirement plans. 
uh, increasing and preserving retirement savings. We'll talk a little bit about yeah. that today. Uh, providing easier access to retirement savings. Uh, expansion of Roth accounts, and that will be a big one we'll talk about. For sure. And then finally, addressing some of the retirement um, income challenges. So let's talk about increased participation within retirement plans. What can you tell us about that that was in Secure 2.0? Yeah, so they put in auto enrollment. So starting in 2025, uh, 401k plan providers are going to have to have an auto enrollment feature where all employees okay. have to automatically be enrolled. Yeah, and I just understand that um, there are some going to be some exceptions for smaller companies. So right businesses line. with 10 or fewer employees, I believe, will not be forced to auto enroll. Correct. Um, but, you know, for the mid and large yeah. size plans, for sure. <clears throat> That's not well, going to be a choice. Yeah. And I think also for some uh, businesses that don't have plans, there's some enhancement, there's some encouragement to start a plan, right? Yeah, actually, that was a really interesting one, um, that if you do not have a plan, the IRS is trying to help you set up one mm -hmm. by paying you for the first three years cost of up to $5,000 to mm -hmm. help pay for the upkeep and maintenance of the plan. Okay. Yes, most companies. All right. So, so it's a kind of a benefit if you haven't done it yet. Right. Really start thinking about doing it. In terms of the administrative startup costs, exactly. you know, uh, the Congress may be helping subsidize that. Well, the taxpayer, maybe I should put that <laughs> clarification in there. Right. All right. So let's talk about, let's move to increased retirement savings. So Shannon, in 2022, I turned the magic age of five zero. And which mm -hmm. means that for the first time for me, at least, um, I was able to, to contribute catch-up savings to my qualified retirement plan. But actually, some of the rules in Secure 2.0 kind of built on that opportunity for yeah. people at my age range and, and above. Well, definitely for above. You're a little too young, James. No, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. It's um, actually beginning at age 60. So in 2025, 60, 61, 62, and 63 years old, you can make an additional contribution, a greater of 10,000 or 150% of the catch-up contribution in place for 2025. Okay. So it can really, and um, then for 50 and older, it's um, went up to 7,500. Yeah, and uh, also, um, you know, the catch-up contribution has been frozen, you know, for IRAs and, and qualified plans at a, at a static limit. Mm -hmm. Now that's going to be indexed with inflation, I believe, starting next year in 2024. Exactly. So we all know what inflation did in 2022. Then the people that are 50 and above, and in this case, mm -hmm. 60 and above, will be able to benefit from an increased uh, catch-up indexed amount. <clears throat> um, so what about, um, there's been a change in terms of making catch-up contributions starting next year if you um, have earnings of over 145000 that's yeah. a big deal. It Tell is me about certainly that. a big deal. This is one of the um, revenue generators that they tossed in there. So if you make more than $145,000 a year from any given employer, uh, so if you had multiple employers, it's only capped at that individual employer. But if you make under over one hundred forty-five dollars and you're doing a catch-up provision, that catch-up has to be in Roth money. So, uh, okay. So that means then it's going to be not pre-tax dollars, exactly. so I'll pay income tax on You've already paid earnings. tax on it. Okay, got it. All right, well, that's interesting. That's a big changer for most people that have, you know, $145,000 that are in the catch-up range. It's going to be a big difference starting Certainly next is. year. Okay. All right, so let's talk about preserving retirement savings. We talked about increased participation. We talked about increased retirement savings limits. Let's talk about preserving retirement savings. RMD age increase, some changes again this year. Yeah, that jumped up again. So for 2023, the age is now 73. If you recall the original SECURE Act, it jumped from 70 and a half to 72. Now we're at 73. So if you're 73 years old, 
Um, you don't have to take it until you're 73, sorry. So if you're born in 1950, you have to take it 1951 to 1959, mm -hmm. 73 years old. And if you were born actually in 1960 or later, you're now going to be at age 75. Because that in 2033 is when it goes to age 75. Exactly. So before Secure 2019, it was 70 and a half. Mm -hmm. 2019 brought it up to 72. Now we're at 73. And mm -hmm. in 2033, it jumps up to age 75. Jumps up again. Okay, wow. So one would think intuitively that, wow, uh, that's the required minimum distribution. I should just defer taking income distributions as long as possible. That seems to make sense, but it may depend, right? Because by 2020, 2033, the top federal bracket may be higher than it is today. Exactly. It's 37% today. As of 2026, that top federal income bracket goes, goes about 39.6%. Mm -hmm. So you say, well, I could wait to 2033, but it's going to make my distribution amount even higher, and then the tax bracket may be even higher. So everyone should look at his or her own unique situation and determine what makes the most sense. Exactly. Okay. So um, <clears throat> what about eliminating RMDs for uh, Roth 401ks? That's new. So you know, never had RMDs for Roth IRAs, but mm -hmm. for Roth 401ks, there were required minimum distributions. That's now gone. Yeah, which is another benefit of this. Yeah. Sure. And then um, talk to me a little bit about penalty tax. Penalty taxes, if we didn't take the amount yeah. we're required to take, used to be 50% excise tax of the required amount. W exactly. What's, what's that change there? Yeah, so to your point, if you did not take your required minimum distribution when you were supposed to, mm. the penalty was up to 50%. Mm. If you wrote an I'm sorry letter, I'm sorry usually, letter? An I'm sorry letter to the IRS. Oh, well, you can do yeah. that? Actually, you can. And they tend to be Is there a person at the IRS that is really reading them, reading sending them saying, and reading oh, them, I'm sorry letter? Oh, they really are sorry. Poor guy. <laughs> I mean, he had a bad day. Yeah. But they've actually historically been pretty lenient okay. when you do ask for forgiveness. I'm lenient on forgiving that um, penalty. Okay. So the reduction, though, As long as, however, you correct it. Immediately. Right? They're not going to Correct it as it. fast yeah. as possible. Right, right, right. But now with the reduction, that penalty goes from 50% down to only 10%. So one might think that right. they'll probably be a little less lenient now right. that they uh, have reduced right. that Okay. So, so just to clarify, it goes from 50 to 25%. And if you correct it in a timely manner, as low as 10%. Exactly. And so there's the, you know... Probably not the I, I, I'm sorry letter will probably not be as effective now. Probably they're saying, not. They're going to probably write you another letter saying, I'm sorry, but sorry. <laughs> Doesn't work enough. anymore. Okay. So in terms of uh, expanded use of Roth accounts, mm -hmm. let's move to that section right now. Roth IRA, that's after-tax dollars. As long as you meet the holding requirements, right, then when you take distributions in your retirement years, the money comes out tax-free. Mm -hmm. Sounds like Roth IRAs would be really appealing. There are contribution limits in terms of, of how much income you can make before mm -hmm. you can no longer contribute to a Roth IRA. I'm not going to go into those today. But new this year, 2023, SEP and simple Roth IRA accounts. So SEP is a self-employment pension or a self-employed mm -hmm. uh, employer you know, retirement account, IRA. Um, those can go into Roths now. Right? Yeah, that's awesome. And there was, yeah. they note those uh, steps and simples never had Roth provision before. Yeah. So it's yeah. definitely a benefit. So again, talk to, to your financial it. advisor and, you know, as just like diversification can help, tax diversification can help. Um, so diversification can help a portfolio, we, we think. Tax diversification can also be helpful. Talk with your advisor. Yeah. <clears throat> that's certainly the power of Roth. Yeah. It really helps. Um, so uh, employer matching in 401ks. 
has always been to pre-tax accounts. Yeah, this is an actually an interesting yeah. expansion for sure. Yeah, tell us about that. Yeah, so this expansion, to your point, employee contributions, you can make the Roth contribution. Mm -hmm. But when the employer match, mm. they could not make Roth. It right. always had the match always went into pre-tax. Exactly, pre the right. match always went into pre-tax. Right. Now that match can be done into Roth dollars. Oh, wow. So it could be go into your Roth 401k. But caveat to that being because it's after-tax dollars, you are taxed on that match. So if the like employer makes a match income. 100% up to, say, 6% of your salary, exactly. pretty typical, and you say, well, I want that to go into Roth, you're going to pick that up as income. Exactly. But you're 100% vested. That's an, another part, for sure. Right? So... It's typically in some plans, if mm -hmm. employer made to match, you could be vested over a term of years. years. With these taxable dollars, you're 100%. Because you already paid tax on it. Yeah, that would make sense. I, I would hate it's to your money lose money that I paid tax on. Sounds like phantom income almost. <laughs> That's another topic for another day. Some lesser known things here in the Secure 2.0, emergency withdrawal accounts. So this will be underneath the category of increased access to mm -hmm. retirement accounts. So let's just back up. We talked about increased participation increased retirement savings, preserving retirement savings, expanding the power of the Roth account, mm -hmm. just went through, and then, uh, and we'll talk about that in a little bit uh, more, increased access to retirement mm -hmm. savings. Talk about some of the, the new provisions there as, as it relates to emergency, emergencies. Everyone has tough yeah. times so, every once in a while. You know, heater breaks down, something happens, you need access to quick funds. Mm -hmm. You can now take $1,000 a year, emergency access, starts in 2024. That is correct. Yeah. Out of your um, retirement savings. So and a it's self-reported. So if my heater breaks down every year, I can take that you out? You can take it out. It is self-reported. They're not yeah. asking you to provide a bill of what happened. Yeah. Well, so it's an emergency. Yeah. If I have a water heater in like Aruba that needs help. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> maybe you need to go to Aruba so, to fix it. Yeah. Well, so it's self-reporting. That's interesting. So they're not really looking for um, proof, it sounds like. To, what you did with you the money. the money. Okay. That's interesting. It's your definition of what an emergency <clears throat> is. Right. Right. Well, everyone has a different definition of tough times exactly. uh, based on my experience. But then also there's another um, provision for emergency withdrawals that has to do with a higher amount, uh, $2,500 that is sort of an emergency savings plan that you can accumulate. And from what I understand, you will be able to tap into that plan up to four times a year. Mm -hmm. um, so for emergency uh, savings. Um, I'm not sure, 100% clear on all the details around that one. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure if anyone that's is. That's a new one. But that's that, that'll that be new. Yeah. Um, so also um, in terms of uh, you know exceptions, more exceptions to the 10% withdrawal mm -hmm. penalty, there are going to be uh, you know, provisions for case of terminal illness, domestic abuse. Mm -hmm. If you need access to funds, that 10% um, penalty for a premature distribution can be uh, waived. So that's good news. Let's talk about some uh, more enhancements. So I'll put this underneath the category of um, just other, mm -hmm. right? You know, miscellaneous stuff. What are the things they just tossed in there? <laughs> so we've been talking about the required minimum distribution age, right? Mm -hmm. 2019, it turned, went from 70 and a half to 72. Now it's 73. 2033, it's 75. But there's another key feature of retirement accounts called a qualified charitable distribution. And what that means is once you reach age 70 and a half, and that age has not changed, it's 70 and a half, it has been. And it's not the year in which you turn 70 and a half. You have to actually reach 70 and a half. Mm -hmm. You can take up to $100,000 from your IRA and send it directly to charity. You don't get a charitable 
tax deduction for doing that. But on the other hand, you don't recognize the amount as income in that year either. And that's exactly why people do right. it, to try and reduce their income for that year. So maybe um, in thinking of RMDs being pushed back, and by the way, that mm -hmm. counts as an RMD in that year. If you need exactly. it, if you were required to take it, you know, that does count. You can towards, check the box, yeah. and RMD But taken. in years where you don't have RMDs, you've reached 70 and a half, maybe you, you don't have to take them to age 75. You could do a QCD going to charity mm -hmm. if you really wanted to take money out. Um, and go to charity, you could do that. It's but, a great way for if yeah. you have larger 401ks, mm -hmm. yeah, you're sure. starting to get concerned about how right. much money mm -hmm. you're really going to be making mm -hmm. in income right. starting in required minimum distribution right. age. Right. So it's a great way to decrease what's in that account right. while giving it to charity. But we do have clients that have taxable dollars in IRAs, and mm -hmm. they'd rather leave their taxable dollars to their children and use their IRAs to go to charity if they have philanthropic Exactly. Income. That's a more efficient use mm -hmm. from a tax perspective. But going back to the qualified charitable distribution, starting in 2024, that 100000 has been frozen, by the way, for, for, a while. for many years. Now it's indexed to inflation. So I don't know what it will be in 2024, but it will be some number presumably higher than $100,000. Mm -hmm. But more than that, there's a new wrinkle that has to do with $50,000. So tell us about that. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Now you can also do a one-time contribution of $50,000. One time a year? No, one time ever. One time ever. Okay, ever. so it is one time. All right, one time. got it. Um, qualified distribution to a CRT, so a charitable remainder trust, okay. a charitable group lead trust. All right. So that's an interesting one because you never could do that before. All right, so um, why would someone ever want to send money to a charitable remainder trust? You have more control over it. It's the okay. control over when the charity gets it, that you want an income stream off of it. Yeah. There's a lot of interesting planning concepts yeah. around that one. It's definitely, an, it's a small dollar amount though, really, yeah. for how much you'd be putting into this type of trust. Right. And it has to be a newly formed trust. You can't put it into a charitable remainder, you know, trust. An existing have, one. Existing. Right, one right. So let's just go back real quick for our listeners. We've talked about charitable mm -hmm. remainder trust before. We'll, real quick primer, a uh, donor creates a charitable remainder trust, contributes assets, maybe it's stocks, bonds, cash, what have you, a mix, to that charitable remainder trust. Upon the contribution to that charitable remainder trust, traditionally, the donor would receive an income tax deduction, mm -hmm. representing the future value of the amount that would pass on to the charity. For a term of years or for the donor's lifetime, he or she would receive cash flow from that trust, and some of that cash flow would be taxed depending on the makeup of the tax inside the trust as it had accumulated. Exactly. Some of the differences with this is there is no income tax deduction because it's going directly from your IRA to the CRT mm -hmm. in this case. And so, but there's, you don't recognize the income tax upon that. Mm -hmm. But as money comes out of the CRT, it's all going to be taxed as income to that donor. And that's one of the reasons why you can't mix old CRTs Listen. with after-tax dollars with this, you know, pre-tax. So that's interesting. I would say though, one of the things about a CRT is there is some legal cost in setting up a CRT and you have tax filings mm -hmm. every year. So for $50,000, I don't see yeah. a whole lot of people, you know, doing that. But, I feel similarly, James. It's an interesting yeah. one because it's yeah. expensive to upkeep and maintain right. and for fifty thousand dollars it's worth it yeah is it worth it i do see the charitable gift annuity which is basically set up usually by charities and they're just going to go take your fifty thousand dollars buy a uh, an annuity product and mm -hmm. send you a check every month or every year however you set it up so that may be something that's interesting we'll see more but as you said once in your lifetime fifty thousand dollars and um, you can't do $100,000 normal and the 50, it's that 50 counts yeah. towards the 100. Exactly. As I understand it. Again, 
caveat is all this is our understanding is of the of the rules as we read them today to be determined up to probably. interpretation right exactly um all right here's a biggie shannon i want to talk about this 529 plans and unused funds what's yeah. what's the news there yeah, this one's a really interesting one yeah. so for 529 funds for a college portion, funds, college college, funds. Yeah, money yeah. that was earmarked for college mm. traditionally if you want to take money and let's say your child didn't got a grant and yeah. they didn't need all the money in the 529. Yeah. If you're trying to take money out of the 529, there's a 10% penalty on any of the gains to try and take it out if it's not for college. Right. Or qualified higher exactly. education. Right. So this one, it lets you take $35,000 of this unused 529. Mm -hmm. Up and, to $35,000. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And put it into a Roth IRA. Ah. There's huh. definitely a lot of caveats to this Rather and rules around for, it. For who? The beneficiary. Ah, so you can't okay. do it for yourself as the grantor, but if you set it up for your kid, the beneficiary. Well, I, maybe, what if I hit the 529s for me? Well, that's an interesting way of maybe make it a Roth contribution, but here we yeah. go. Now it's for the beneficiary's benefit. So the rules are that that 529 has to have been established for 15 years. Okay. So now the Congress is smarter than they know people right. are just going yeah. to make a right. 529 contribution and put right. it in a Roth. Yeah. You know, 15 years that plan has to be established mm. for. And then you can't. For the last five years. That was the last. Yep. Right. Go ahead. The Sorry. last five. No, it's okay. The last five years of earnings cannot be transferred. Okay. Well, the last five years of contrib contributions. Yes. Right. Nothing so from the last five years. I set up going. a plan today. Ten years from now, I want to contribute again to it. I can do that, but that amount contributed can't be rolled into a, a Roth IRA for myself or for whoever the beneficiary of that 529 was. Exactly. Right. And then the portion that you roll over, that $35,000, is still subject to the Roth contribution limits. Okay. So you can't do it all in one calendar year. You still yeah. have to do it the 6500 over, okay, so over a period of time. It'll take a few years to get up to 35000 Exactly. Right. And this, you still have the same rule that you have to have earned income. So the beneficiary okay. has to have earned income. Exactly. Right. The beneficiary okay. has to have the earned income. So my, my 16-year-old son, I, do, actually I have six kids, probably one of them is 16. But uh, you know, <laughs> my 16-year-old son, hypothetically speaking, I could set up that 529 when he's 16, he's got a summer job, you know, whatever mm -hmm. he's doing, an internship. He has earned income, then we could convert that if I don't think if I think there's more than enough in his five twenty nine, convert that into a Roth IRA for him. If you'd established yeah. that Roth IRA yeah. when he was one year old. Now, it's a great actually planning tool for like grandparents. Sure. Grandparents who yeah. may want to set aside money right. for their grandkids. Their grandkids are born. Mm -hmm. They put, you know, in ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars into this. A five twenty nine mm -hmm. for the beneficiary of their yep. you know kid, their grandchild. The grandchild turns sixteen. They start getting a job, mm -hmm. babysitting ice cream. Who knows? Yeah. They can now just start rolling over. Another grandparent has created basically this legacy and yeah. progressive tax free legacy asset. Like you said, we we there's some unknown. So for example, if I set it up for my son and then decide I want to change to myself as the beneficiary of the five twenty nine and then roll it to Roth, we don't know if that starts a new fifteen year. Uh, requirement. I would think Congress might do, say, yes, it does. Yeah. We don't know if I set up a plan in Massachusetts, then I moved down to Virginia. I want to use the Virginia plan. If I change plans, does that start a new 15-year holding period? We just don't Who know. Knows? Yeah. Um, so remains to be seen. But really interesting opportunity here, as you said. Well, I for think sure. our grandparents would make some sense uh, to look at that. Well, we're, we're about running out of time, and we could continue on with this. I would encourage folks, we're writing a newsletter. It's going to be published this weekend. The uh, uh, Palace Capital Advisors Planning Newsletter. Be sure to check that out. It gives you some more details. 
So some uh, planning considerations that I think we'll, we'll just kind of recapsulate some mm -hmm. of the things you said, Shannon. IRA owners benefiting from the increase in RMD age may want to consider using the extra years available to you know, make donations to charities through a QCD. Yep. We talked about that. Plan participants 60 and older have an additional catch-up opportunity from 60, 61, 62, and 63. Those four years, mm -hmm. they have an additional catch-up opportunity. could be significant. Yep. So... And that starts next year. And then uh, plan participants in lower tax brackets may want to consider having their employer matching uh, funds go into a Roth IRA, mm -hmm. uh, Roth account. And then, you know, parents and grandparents wanting to jumpstart the children's uh, retirements. It's hard for me to even think that way, but can, can consider the 529 to Roth IRA. Um, Definitely gives you uh, more rollover. flexibility yeah. and options. And last but not least, if you're a business owner and you have not set up a qualified retirement plan, I mean, Congress is offering a subsidize, uh, subsidizing mm -hmm. this to the administration costs. A couple almost. of years. So, yeah, so you might want to look at that and talk to your advisor uh, to see about helping set that up. I wanted to point out, uh, Sh Shannon, if I could, that in this newsletter, we're going to have a link to the 2023 key uh, financial data worksheet, which we publish every mm -hmm. year. It's a two-page uh, data, and it goes over a lot of things that I think are important this year. For example, the estate tax exemption went from 11 mm -hmm. mil, uh, sorry, 12 million 60 to 12 million 920,000, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. uh, there's been a lot of actually increases in deferral limits yeah. because of inflation. Yeah. So, so yeah, the silver lining and the dark cloud of inflation yeah. is what we called it last time, this right? This is the positives. Yeah, the positives. Annual exclusion went from... Uh, 16,000 to 17,000. Yeah, so times the number of beneficiaries, times the mom and dad. I mean, more gifting. Significantly more. Um, Especially for you, because you have six kids. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's right. I'm going to go home and make those gifts right now. <laughs> but also a big one, we, we, we overlook sometimes health care savings accounts, or HSAs as they're known. Mm -hmm. There is a catch up there. It's Right now, I believe it's $1,000. So if you're in a family plan, the maximum is 7750 contribution in 2023. But if you're 55 or older, not 50, 55 or older, it goes up to 8750 that you or your employer can put into that plan for your family. I mean, that's... Really, those are the low-hanging fruit for clients to be thinking about. Yeah, so. I want to add actually the 401k increase too. So that mm -hmm. went up to 22,500 okay. from 20,500. Yeah. So all of these increases in the deferral limits mm -hmm. is a great time to check with your employers right. and making sure that you are maxing out your contributions. That's right. Yeah. So you might have, you know, when you signed up, you might have checked a box and you want to max out your mm -hmm. 401k contributions, but you also instead of may have just done a percentage, yep. which means you have to go in and increase that percentage to make sure that you're still maxing. It out. Right. That reminds me, we are still kind of at the beginning of the year. It's a great time to check your W-4, mm -hmm. you know, because tax brackets, you know, have different numbers. You might want to go back to your W-4. How much am I withholding? Am I withholding too much? Not enough. Make those adjustments. It's, it's never um, too late to, to, to start that or too early to start that. Yep. Great point, James. Shannon, thank you so much for uh, being with us on the Palace Perspectives. And as I've said before, your knowledge and insight are just extremely helpful. Really appreciate it. Well, thank you. I enjoyed doing these with you. And to our listeners, thanks for participating and for spending the time to learn about how these changes in the Secure 2.0 can impact you. Uh, for more specific questions, we encourage you to reach out to us via our website, palacecapitaladvisors.com. That's P-A-L-L-A-S capitaladvisors.com. As a reminder, the advice given on the Palace Perspectives webcast, it's general in nature. It's not intended to be specific to any individual situation. Each individual is encouraged to seek the advice of his or her tax or legal professionals concerning any and all matters regarding tax and legal considerations. 
Palace Capital Advisors is a registered investment advisor. Any decisions about investing should be undertaken only after, right, Shannon, careful consideration of the individual facts and circumstances exactly. and the investment itself. Well, Shannon, again, thanks so much to all of you out there. Thank we'll you see thanks. you next time on the Palace Perspectives. Have a great day. Take care. The preceding information is for general educational purposes only. It's not intended to be investment advice and is not specific to any individual's personal situation. Any decision about investing should be undertaken only after careful consideration of the investment's risks, costs, liquidity or lack thereof, and the investor's time frame. Please remember that past performance may not be indicative of future results. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk and there can be no assurance that the future performance of any specific investment, investment strategy, or product referred to directly or indirectly in this newsletter or podcast will be profitable or equal any corresponding indicated historical performance levels. The investment advice is offered through Palace Capital Advisors, LLC, our registered investment advisor.